0: Thank <laughs> Uh, Greetings podcast listener, Paul Carenza here, you there, Cathy Madavan on this episode of Catching Up with Paul Carenza. It's on a Paul Carenza podcast channel, but it's for now a mini podcast called Catching Up. Long form chats with people I think are of interest and have things to tell. Cathy Madavan is an author and a speaker. Her books include Digging for Diamonds and Irrepressible, all about resilience. We talk about the bits of lockdown that actually we'd quite like to cling on to now that lockdown is lifting. We talk about pause for thoughts. And for that, it could be useful to know that there's an OJ Borg hosted middle of the night pause for thought on Radio 2. And then there's a Zoe Ball breakfast show pause for thought in the morning. We talk a little about that. We talk about integrity, communication, creativity, and a lot actually about comparing and jealousy. Hmm. We begin, though, by comparing microphones. Here is Cathy Maddavan.
1: Look, I'm on my phone. Do you need me to go on a computer with a posh microphone?
0: No, this is fine. This is quite posh enough.
1: Oh, see, so you've got enough. your posh microphone. Now I feel guilt. Well, this is just my phone. Like, hello, I'm talking into my phone. That's
0: great. You see, phones are good nowadays, aren't they? That's all you need. No, this isn't Radio 2 now. This is <laughs> this is amateur hour. <laughs>
1: to be honest, my last time trying Radio 2, it didn't work and we ended up doing it on the phone anyway. So
0: I've had that lately as well, actually. I don't know about this technology malarkey. He's called me and things like that. I don't know about this.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, technology and me, bit of an allergy.
0: Yeah. yeah. We've got issues. I, I did one a while ago where it didn't cut out as such, but it would like cut me out for like one second in every four seconds. But then Ooh. you could hear, I would then, my voice would catch up. I'd like speak double fast <laughs> to catch up. And I, I don't even know how that's possible. It was like sending the same information. So everyone... And afterwards, Zoe just had to apologise to people and say apologies for the weirdness of that call. And I was like, (laughs) what do you mean weird? I didn't know it was that weird. But listened back to it and I thought, well, they didn't didn't cut out as such. It's just all the information came over in a sudden burst. You know, it was really weird. That wasn't me, though. That was the technology.
1: Well, Um, I'm I'm recording like 11 o'clock at night for OJ's show. So it's a bit of an odd one, to be honest. Yeah. So they sort of record it at 11 as if we're live. Mm. And then it goes out at like two in the morning. But he's, you know, I know about three people probably listen to it, which considering the amount of freaking work it takes to write the damn things. <laughs> but actually he is really lovely. Mm. He is yeah. really, really nice. And every time I'm on, he probably says this to everyone, but every time I'm on, he's like, you are my favorite. Can you do it every week, please? And it, I'm like,
0: it, yeah, it, it didn't say it to me. So it's for you. It's just for you. Though. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you are. Yeah, but there you're
1: you are. with the big guns. You do the big no, stuff.
0: I, well, I did OJ uh, last year for a bit. And because um, <laughs> I was desperate, <laughs> I emailed pause for Thoughtlogger. Anything, I'll take I'll do, could do some cleaning. What, what do you need doing? You know, and um, uh, but OJ was lovely. And what But what I think you get with OJ as well is it might be middle of the night listeners, but then, you know, they're the truckers and the people, the the, the night workers who are, I think are more likely, in a way, to listen properly than people at breakfast and who aren't really paying much attention. It's just on, you know. So uh, yeah,
1: I know. I just try. Yeah. I think in the middle of the night, you know, you just got to try and keep it really light-hearted and quite funny. Like there's no mm. point. It's not Radio Four, you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like so. It's just a lot of silliness on my behalf is generally what I offer.
0: You have to, you have a joy and a sense of comedy uh, and humor and and silliness through. The, what you do through serious messages don't you, you find a nice way i think of the two.
1: well i'm i think i think it was um rob parsons who works for care for the family He's the ceo and founder of that great charity care for the family and i think it was him who once said if you want to impress people tell them about all your strengths and the things you do well but if you want to connect with people tell them about your vulnerabilities and i think if i always talk about like closing the gap you know minding the gap and i think if you can if you can write stuff or you can communicate stuff and a lot of comedians are really good at this, a lot better than I am, of going, oh, I'm just like that. I recognise that. Like, Michael McIntyre is like, the king of it, isn't it? Where you you just recognise yourself in the story and go, yeah, I do that as well. Like, you know, I, I fight with my husband over the dishwasher or, you know, I, or whatever it is. Then you kind of create a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of chemistry, I, I hope. So that when then you are saying something that, a bit more meaningful it's like it's got a little bit of context that like a platform you've built a little bit of a bridge between you both i guess
0: yeah if they're laughing they're listening is what they're saying you know oh is uh, it
1: oh good i like that i think
0: so yeah i think so but i I, i've realized recently that i i i've put to i put to bed an old version of of my stand-up persona a few years ago and i was sort of and it was just a you know
1: I you realized, have different
0: personas. Well, I just I, I was doing jokes that I, not, I was never Frankie Boyle, but I was doing some material <laughs> that I wouldn't do nowadays. And and I sort of always saw it as like, you know, you've got to punch up, not punch down, you know, not belittle people. I never I was never, you know, knowingly racist, sexist, homophobic or any of those sorts of things. But I would have a go at certain celebrities or, or, you know, I was doing stuff that was going for easy targets in a way. And I think part of it is, as you say, make yourself vulnerable. Have a laugh at yourself and make you the butt of the joke and go, look, this stupid thing I did the other day, lock myself out again or whatever it might be, as opposed to laughing at other people, look at them. Look, aren't they funny? You know, that doesn't it doesn't really warn people to you, I think. And I've be no, me a long time to is- realise that.
1: It's a bit of a a a thin line though, isn't it? And I think especially, you know, because I'm speaking in some contexts which are more serious and some which are more lighthearted. And I think sometimes, I think I'm old enough now to realise that sometimes some of that has actually been insecurity on my behalf. And, you know, I think sometimes it's quite easy to pigeonhole yourself as, oh yeah, I'm that silly, funny person, especially as a small, bubbly female, you can end up getting quite typecast. So it's kind of like, how do you do that in a way that isn't just, self-depreciating or devaluing yourself like Mm -hmm. oh I I'm it's just me I only do this you know so that you can actually say stuff that is meaningful and serious um it's it's knowing really it's having a confidence in yourself to know yeah I can own being funny but actually that's not all of me that's not um you know, it's not the entirety of me. I don't have to end up as a stereotype in that, but I do think that that takes quite a long time to kind of keep working through that stuff. Well, it has for me anyway.
0: Yeah, it's not easy, is it? And I think there's no shortcut to those things really, but um, and but then, that, so for those of us who aren't communicators as well, how this ties in with, you know, the books you've done, you've talked about and your books about resilience and your book, Irrepressible uh, is a fantastic book that I thought was fantastic. Uh, And some of these are great life lessons that we can all benefit from. Um, Does that all time with that as well then about, you know, you don't want to devalue yourself. You want to give yourself that boost. And yet, you know, we're British, we're not American. How do we, you know, (laughs) how how do we
1: do this? It's just not easy. Yeah, well, in fact, actually, irrepressible is a really good example of using quite memorable and sometimes quite funny. It's 12 principles for a resilient, courageous and fulfilling life. It might be in the other order, courageous, resilient, fulfilling. Yeah. Um, but it's it's 12 principles and some of them are quite humorous. So like one of them is when the horse is dead, dismount. So it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, if, if If you've been flogging that relationship or that project or that job to death, hoping that you will resuscitate it with enough stroking, with enough time and attention. When everyone else can see and actually really, you know, that you are in fact sat on something that has completely expired. um, You know, there comes a point where it is not it is not a failure to step off the horse. It is actually courage and just the right thing to do to step off the horse. So that's about being prepared to let go of things in order to, you know, embrace the next season. You know, there's another one in there about running your own circus. So instead of trying to run everyone else's circus, you know, learning actually where your boundaries are and, and, and what like what is in your hands to control what isn't. So some of it is there are memorable and quite humorous stories in there. But actually, some of them are much more vulnerable. So they are much more like about digging deep foundations. So knowing your values or it might be navigating What I call waypoint moments, which is like those turning points in your life. Or learning to play jazz is a principle in there, which is about that not having a fixed mindset, but being flexible, being able to adapt, being able to embrace the bum notes that might take you to an unexpected melody. Um, And just really, you know, so some of them, they're all like little principles and some of them are more humorous, some of them are more thought provoking, but I think they're all visual. And I think Mm. that's such an important part of communication, isn't it? Is engaging people's imagination. If they can see it, they can imagine that circus or hear the jazz or imagine the dead horse then they might remember it and that's that's you know educationalists know that don't they if they can see it then you'll remember it so I think that's a good that's a good tip for us communicators
0: mm. yeah they're, 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 they're such strong visuals aren't they and um, I'm imagining all together I'm imagining a circus with a clown playing <laughs> jazz on a dead horse I mean you know and
1: that is show business right there that's,
0: show business, that's, in a nutshell. <laughs> that's that's 2020's live entertainment circuit in a nutshell um yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> we I, could sell I, that you could have that you could have that i could see that yeah. in the Simpsons. um it is uh i am always struggling to think visually and i, I need to do it more often I, I and one of the things when i'm trying to do sitcoms and things is because i've come from a radio background which and wrongly i had it in my head as like verbal and you're writing dialogue 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 and then but you think of the, the classic comedy things that people, you ask anyone their favourite classic comedy moment on TV. And it's always like Dawn French falling in the hole in the Vicar of Dibley or it's Del Boy on the bar.
1: 100%. It's, you know,
0: it's never the words. It's the pictures, isn't it? It's, you take away those images with you.
1: Yeah, it is. But that, those can be quite hard, I think. But then maybe if you are thinking about a sitcom, you might be able to imagine it more visually and I do agree with you and because I'm primarily I think a words person if I'm not careful I can get so excited by the prose um, and the crafting of a sentence which you know I might get to the end of and think oh well get me that was very zhuzhy but actually if, if what you're trying to do is create something that when people are up a creek without a paddle another visual metaphor. Mm, but when people are in a situation where they don't know what to do if you want to give them a toolkit where they'll go oh yeah you know you know what the horse is dead like dismount like I'm, I need to get out of this mm-hmm. you know or whatever you just need to give them tools that are are memorable because life is challenging and you know and it is it isn't always easy and I think wisdom that you can kind of remember That's and I think that's why proverbs and axioms and metaphors are so widely used because they are things that we can just pull on quite quite quickly so I'll often you know I'll often use those and I I did in in that book um, and often in, in in radio bits as well it'll just be a a phrase or a thought or a quote that will be the launch pad I don't know how you do yours
0: yeah I I was going to ask you that that was my next question to you really how do you how do you write a pulse for thought then because I um I I I sort of I had a bit of a, a bit of a, a structure um that I and I vary it actually I, I sometimes start off with a a funny uh, story or image or a thing that's happened um and in fact when i was doing more gigs and a bit more turnover of material i'd often be thinking right i've not done pause for thought for three months what new material have i got in the last three months that i could all oh, that bit that's kind of funny that's nice if i do that that will get a laugh that will come across well uh and people remember that thing but what what's what life lesson could i gain from that then you know and um uh, and one of them, for example, was it's a true story. And I thought, yes, I a so similar thing. You, you you find true stories, funny things that have happened in the last few weeks or months, or whatever. So, for example, when they brought in the the, the plastic bag, um, you know, tax thing, tax is it tax? five <laughs> pence a bag? You know, <laughs>
1: that was really good, wasn't
0: it? Something like that. Um, and so we, you know, so we took what you know, we we of course we start rucksack goes on now to go to the shops, and my wife went to the shops down, walked down the road to the cop, and. She bought potato and some milk and some other things, and just chucked it all in the rucksack and then and then took the milk out but forgot about the potato for for months. And <laughs> so this potato was like two months later, she's going, this rucksack, I'm thinking of selling this rucksack or getting rid of it. I need a new rucksack. She thought the rucksack stank. She didn't realise that it had this potato that was gr- And we took the, you know, at the bottom, you find this potato that was growing roots. It was trying to <laughs> grow roots into the rucksack.
1: Portable allotment.
0: It was exactly you know. So I thought, and it was a funny little story. And I thought, okay, well, let's 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 try something in that. And so I was there thinking, okay, is this about trying to put down roots where you can't find anything to grow into, or in the end, I was thinking of it about um, about worries and burdens that we carry. Sometimes you carry burdens on your back around with you. And you don't realize until you take the thing out, it's been there all that time and and it's been weighing you down. And then you, you you suddenly find your life a bit lighter and freer, but you've got to take that thing out to begin with. And, um, and all that sort of thing. So some, it's often just a, a, an image or a story to start with. But sometimes... i tell you if, what,
1: people have no idea. that is it two minutes? Yeah. However, yeah. yeah. Like how long it takes to mm. find that idea and then craft it into however many... I have two hundred how many words that is. I can't remember. I should know I'm writing one a week at the moment. But um, it just takes such a long time. And you kind of feel like um, this is a crazy ratio of work yeah. to broadcast. But, it, I mean, I think, was it Spurgeon, a very famous Mm. preacher writer who said I would have made it shorter but I didn't have the time actually (laughs) to get something shorter and more succinct to get the idea and then the application or the thought and then to end it well which is always the Mm. hardest bit um that's it just takes ages, doesn't it, to get something mm. that you're pleased with and that kind of chimes well.
0: It does. It does. Yeah. Well, that took 12 weeks for that potato to grow. You know, i had to there staring at <laughs> a potato all that time, putting the potato in the rucksack every day. My wife took it out. Um, I hope
1: the BBC appreciate that kind of commitment.
0: I hope so. I hope so. I, when, <laughs> I, when, I, when I started Pools for Thought, I bumped into Richard Coles at Greenbelt um, just as I was underway and and so I asked in fact he's one of the first interviews I did for this podcast years ago when it was in a different incarnation as the, the heptagon club with lots of different guests and so I asked Richard like, I've just started doing pause for thought how do I do it like you do it you know he said hey don't do it like I do it um do it like you do it um and he said just you know he always writes to uh to the to the length of the thing he's doing it for so some ideas you have are are a book or a song or a tweet or a pause for thought so yeah if you've got two minutes so I think I it's it really tricky to find out but I, th- I think someone once said 365 words so I always go for that I think okay one word for every day of the year that sounds about right um, <laughs> I normally try and push it to 400 because I think I'm a fast talker I can get away with it you know um and I always assume I'll have a line or two cut as well but uh but yeah just trying to find that idea that really only doesn't get too complicated and often when I get a you know you, you, you and I both we, we hand our for thoughts in and then they come back from teacher with a red mark next to lots of lines that aren't going to make it and the, the ones I do that come back with lots of crossings out are the ones where I wasn't clear on what I was trying to say I right. maybe had two thoughts in there rather than one and, and yeah which which often then comes out of if I've got a funny story or an anecdote and I'm trying to find the point within that wedging
1: it in yeah you know,
0: I, I often find two st- you know thoughts in there and that's not what it's about it's, like, it's
1: that whole kick KISS isn't it? Keep it simple, stupid, yeah. like it really is. Find one thing who was it who I can't remember who said it about it's isolating the dominant thought. Right. Because yeah. I think you know, and the trouble is, if you're a writer or you're a communicator and you've done some background work on it, you've got three or four brilliant bits of ideas or research mm. or another quote or a you know, and yeah. and it's, it's really hard because you think, well, this is too good, I must mm. deliver it all, their lives will be bereft <laughs> without it. Turns out it won't, and they don't know what you've cut. So mm. it's, it's better to polish that one idea rather. But I get it. I'm exactly. Mm. Uh, and the other thing I think they, you know, in pause for thought, particularly they want to make sure is that there's no use of the word we. So you're not oh, assuming yes. that people yes. might agree with you or believe the same as you. But you're you're very much using you know the words I, which I really tripped into because I think. In my upfront spoken verbal communication I will often use we because it's quite mm. inclusive and yeah. oh do we all just yeah. think this sometimes and maybe we do that or um yeah. but actually I've had to really learn to undo that a little bit for, for mm. pause for thought but I do think it's amazing that on our main you know broadcasting platform there are still these moments that are um you know of contemplation of just stepping back out of a busy program of talking about, you know, world pandemics and political shenanigans and actually stepping back to kind of get that big picture perspective on what we value in in life. And not everyone will believe the same thing and that's absolutely fine, but hopefully there's some resonance Mm. around the values of humanity that people can gather around and enjoy. And hopefully they'll remember something. That would be good. That'd be
0: nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- you know. I love the fact whenever they've tried to axe it or whenever, whenever you know, John Humphreys a few years ago, wrote a few pieces in a few papers about, you know, how, why do we still have thought for the day? But it's the fans of it just rally round and go, no way are you touching this, you know? And, uh, and I like nice. to hope that will ring fence its future, hopefully.
1: I hope so. It's good. It's, it's good. And it's a good challenge as a communicator mm. because I think, you know, it's a very different challenge to writing a 50,000 word book. It's a very different challenge to writing a 20 minute online talk or a, you know, face to face talk. And, you know, as people who play with words for a living, it is kind of learning how to craft those words mm-hmm. um, and, and communicate them in the right context for the right reason, bearing in mind the audience for that for that thing so it's you know it's an interesting challenge and obviously highly highly paid absolutely yeah I mean we're just in it for the money that's the reality
0: yeah speaking to you on your yacht right now as I am on (laughs) mine you know this is it this is it living the high life Yeah. dear yeah
1: never mind might be hey buy a, a bag of haribo with my royalties this month if i'm lucky yeah
0: i know i, I used to come when we used to do it in person i used to come at, if I, I used to treat myself uh to a, a greg's bacon a bacon and sausage roll on the way out um but then you go no i'm eating into my profits here this is a significant portion of what i've been paid <laughs> for this
1: Don't you just, i mean you know little confession moment mm. do you cry just a little bit when you see Richard Osman's like 10 million books being sold in the first month or, and you kind of think, Oh, you know, it's so hard, isn't it? When you Mm. don't have that kind of platform and don't get me wrong. I know other people look at Paul Carenza and Kathy Madivan and think, well, I wish I had their platform because no publisher will publish me because I don't have it. So I'm aware that compared to some Mm. people, you and I are in a privileged position, but I mean, you know, it, well, it can be frustrating.
0: Say you've, you've touched on a thing here we, that I, is an issue that I've been having for a while. I mean, and certainly like, you know, when, when, when doing the pause for thoughts in person and especially when they've got celebrities in and you look at them and they're plugging their latest book, cookbook, album, whatever it might be. And, I've, and sometimes I've had a book out that week as well. And Richard Osman, whoever's there, plugging his book, mention, mention, mention. And I sort of go, can I mention my book? And then the pause for thought they go, no, you can't mention your book. He can mention his and get it to the top of the Sunday Times chart, but we're not there for that. We are there to bring no. inspiration, to the nation, not sales. Not
1: self publicity. We're not Kerenza there for self
0: publicity. It's, and it's tricky, isn't it? Because you look at them and go, oh, but look, come on, Gary Barner, you don't need to, you know, <laughs> can I just have a little 10 seconds of your bit to plug my thing, is that all right? Or just read this out, you know? And it is tricky and I find, but I, I found, incre- not increasingly, but consistently, let's say that, it's not worsening, but it is the same. The, the jealousy that I have when I look at my peers, um, comedians on panel shows that I think, "How? Why are you there? How have you?" Or, or less. I mean, less. I don't really want to do panel shows, but like trying to get. I'm trying to get you know sitcoms and things pitched. But um, you know, Channel Four, for example, a couple of years ago was saying we're only reading, only even reading, uh, submissions by top-flight comedians who've done panel shows. And it wow. used to be that, you know, you, anyone could write a thing, but to be in it, you've got to be, you know, they want big names. But now they want big names to also write it as well. They don't want, um, you know, I've, I've had a few credits and things, but they don't want that either. So I'm looking with envy at those people who've broken through. And, but but one how of the ways you I,
1: break through? Like, well, that's that's the you, thing. It's, it feels like, it like, like the ladder's been pulled pool. up. Yeah. yeah,
0: it does. And it's, you know, Edinburgh Festival, you have the right show, you're the right fashion of the right year, right. And you get a couple of parts and other things but it does feel there's no real set route to it I think you often need the right agent as well if you get the right agent on the right day um my agent's not in with the in crowd necessarily but I like my agent he's a nice guy I want to stay with him I don't want to be with you know the bullies you know but
1: and at the end of the day I think you and I are both people who I mean obviously that stuff does matter and not just because you're ambitious or selfish but because you believe in what you're doing and you think well if I'm going to write a book obviously I'd like someone to read it that's Mm. because I think it's worth reading and and I know from all the you know the feedback and the emails I get every week from people who've read any of my books Mm. and how some of them have been just absolutely heart-wrenching this last year because irrepressible came out just at the beginning of the pandemic. So I had no idea when I was writing a book on resilience and courage Mm. that it was going to be coming out in a pandemic and the messages that I have had from people about, um, you know, men and women, older and younger, just saying how incredibly helpful and uplifting it has been. And that has meant the world to me. And so, although, yes, of course you would like um, more visibility and more flat platform because actually what you want is to make a difference in people's lives and that means getting those words in front of people Mm -hmm. and getting those opportunities but at the end of the day you kind of think the most important thing to me and I know it's the same for you is to be a person of integrity Mm -hmm. who just does the best with what I've got and yeah it's easy to look up look sideways at people and go actually I'm better than they are like what the heck is going on there um but also i just kind of think well instead of doing that what I, my job is to make sure i elevate and lift others up i can't do anything about other people you know opening doors for me but within the tiny pool the puddle of influence that i have which is quite miniature but where i do have any influence am i elevating others am i cheerleading others am i on my newsletter i always mm champion two other people or, or two new books or because I'm like do you know what I can make that my value that it's not all about me it's about elevating others it's about celebrating the talent and the you know because it's hard to advocate for yourself but we can if we advocate for one another then mm. you know and that's why part yeah. of why you do this podcast as well isn't it
0: well exactly I know I was going to mention your your, your newsletter because I don't I don't know of anyone else who does that I mean I'm sure others do but I've not encountered any and it's great it's a lovely thing to do and it uh, made me think oh, I should do that on my newsletter as well and uh, and I, and I've done it once or twice and then forgot to do it again lately so I must do that you're right this has been inspirational already I'm going to go do that. <laughs> but, um, but it is I th- yeah it's a great uh, and and you know we I, I certainly seek to be a person of integrity that does all those things uh, it, it, the the jealousy factor I've the the, the problem I found recently This hopefully goes back to the the making yourself vulnerable thing um, earlier, but the problem I found is with the jealousy thing, I was rationalizing it for for ages going, it's okay that I'm jealous of, you know, I'm jealous of others and that's annoying. But I put that to bed by saying, ah, but it's okay because others are also jealous of me and, and that's not right. And I was going, no, that's not a healthy way of thinking at all. And and I suppose it's the flip side of, as you were saying earlier, there are people, you know, we look at others and others are looking at you and me and go, oh, I wish I had a few, a few sails like they do. And We don't, not exactly, we're not, on, not on yachts just yet or anything, you know, but, um, but you can always, my point is. A stand-up paddleboard. Yes, yeah, stand-up paddleboard. I'd better stand up, would be great. I'll go with that. Um, <laughs> but you can always look at, over your shoulder at uh, how someone else is doing um and either you look ahead to the people you want to be or you look behind to the people coming up behind you going oh they're going to take over what's going on and it's not a healthy way of living it's not living um uh with the integrity that i hope that you know that i aim for anyway it's
1: well jealousy is just when you really strip jealousy down it or envy or whatever it is it is fear isn't it i mean it's a fear that we're not enough it's a yeah. fear that um we're not loved you know enough or that we haven't we're not enough of this or not of that not that and it just feeds into that thing Mm. about not being enough and that there are others who are enough and the reality is you don't know the interior of their life and you don't know how they feel about their life you might have 20 things in your life that they would really love and and they don't have so I think I think for me like I just have to kind of come back and go you know, and this is, and I am a you know, religious person and I, you know, I do have a faith. And I think for me, it comes back to this being secure in who I feel like I am made to be and really kind of going, yeah, we all have those feelings sometimes and we all wish that it wasn't quite such a hard slog sometimes in the kind of business that we are in. But if I'm secure in who I am and in what I can do and I'm, and I'm doing the best I can do and I'm doing the best to be generous to others, Then hopefully that just puts a pin in the balloon of comparison and jealousy a little bit. And don't get me Mm. wrong, like we all have those days, but like you can't live like that. No, like you just can't. You just but, It's just not good for your mental health, is it? Mm,
0: totally, yeah, yeah. I, I, sh- I should also be saying, by the way, I don't. W- this is a minor part of of me. Hopefully, I don't walk around all day, you know, as green <laughs> as envy has come at the frog. This isn't me for twenty four seven. No, I, well, it's that's a minor fact I've just zoomed in on lately. You
1: know. Oh yes, and we all, yeah. and we all, and I think also, I think particularly in the pandemic, isn't it, mm. when so much of our usual work, especially in front of people, has been stripped away, those people who are visible have been become more visible so it's Mm. magnified a lot of that disparity I think um, between the major players and the rest of us who are you know scrabbling around Mm. hoping that we can qualify for one of the government's grants in order to pay our bills so it's you know it definitely has highlighted that and I you know let's face it everybody in this season has had their challenges and has had low days that have you know we've all called into question what are we doing and how are we going to make it work and will we be able to bounce back I think we'd all be lying if we haven't said that's been a part of this last season
0: Mm. yeah it's it's an ongoing challenge and I I think you you know you speak there's a lot of truth in all that it's um it's and and it's it's certainly a big wake-up call the last year absolutely and um I mean I I try and I mean the the ideal that I aim for is to is to I to, to know that if it were just me in a room and a white celled room with a Bottle of water, with a, not even a bottle. Just a that will be enough. You know what I mean? You're not greedy. And, uh, just a glass. Not greedy. Just a glass. Bottle's bad for the environment. But um, and I think that I mean this is I could, this is odd. This is going to sound odd, but I can think of two. This is also much heavier going than I was planning on being. But hey, we got onto it. Um, I thought we
1: started off by saying we were really light-hearted and funny. We I know completely ditched that. Goes
0: to shit, you never know where you're not. You? Yeah. Um, but I think of two there's 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 a I won't say which name, but there's a top-flight comedian I know who uh, a friend of mine bumped into him a while ago and. Few years back now and 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 they, were, they had they said, oh hello again how are you mate I've not seen you since you hit big and all that sort of thing and this big flight comedian said oh yeah you know well you know lots of comedians about them and of course I am the funniest of them obviously you know I am the I am the funniest of all comedians and the other my friend was going yeah 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 whatever you know thinking it must must be a joke and then the the, the big star was going well, no I, I am the funniest why is he why are you not saying I'm the funniest I am the funniest and his wife was going no you are the funniest darling you are the funniest you are the <laughs> And um, and it was that sense of like even when you've made it super super big, you'll those still have those moments of doubt and worry and self esteem and self doubt and all those things, and it happens to all of us, especially and you know, I and we you know you see people at that level who who struggle with those things, so that's one person I think of, but the, I also think there was a, I don't know if you saw it, there's a documentary on BBC Two a month or two ago about the monastery and it was all these monks making a brewery, basically. It was a true story. Documentary, it might be on iPlayer still. Um, And it was really intense, but fascinating and moving. And it began with a a very elderly monk um, on his deathbed, literally on his deathbed. And he was saying, it was such an amazing start because he was saying, he said, I don't pray anymore, I don't pray. And instantly that's quite shocking. You see, there's this monk in a monastery, He's literally, you know, he's like uh, like 90 years old uh, and he's on his deathbed. So I don't pray. And he's struggling to sort of speak, you know, uh, through this, but then he goes on to explain, he says, I, I used to pray when I started, I used to have moments of prayer. And now he said, I've reached that point what my entire life is a, is a prayer. Everything I do, every moment I'm praying all the time. And therefore every single thing I do is in prayer with God and the wow. way he was doing it. And you could, and that whole thing of us saying that, you know, that you, you, without comparing to others, just if you, if you are a person of faith to see yourself as just that, I go, wow, that is, I don't even how I would ever get to that point, but that's what an aim to be, to be someone who is in total, nothing matters. No one else matters. I'm not comparing with anyone. I'm just me and me and my creator. That's, that's it. And it's
1: that real sense of being present, isn't it? And that each, like each of our moments like that what we're doing can be like if we're present for them if we are if we've got enough self-awareness enough other awareness like that they can be to use you know a faith word they can be holy they can be sacred if you like Mm. you know there's and you can see, you see that, don't you? You can see it when children are playing, you know, when people are gathered around the table eating, when we are out in nature, like there are so many moments where you just think, and actually I do think, going back to pause for thought, that's some of what that minute can sometimes do, or it's just create a moment of wonder where we kind of like go, actually, like humanity and the planet is pretty special mm. and there's a lot of shared experience, highs and lows. And you know each of those moments can count for something they can mean something and you know if you want to look back on your life and go what what is that all meant we want to we want to be proud i think most of us of what we've done and how we've spent our life and and hopefully have some laughs along the way as well
0: absolutely of, of which this podcast has been full of them obviously oh it's been laugh a minute absolutely I mean
1: it's been more like
0: psychotherapy a- let's be honest <laughs> Yeah, somewhat, yeah somewhat. so um lift it and we should wrap up soon anyway but lifting it then before we go what's um what's uh so you're knock writing knock. your <laughs> not <knock, exactly. Yeah. laughs> yeah. man walks into a bar I know it doesn't they're all closed mm. um what what are you missing what's going to happen when things get lift up again we're, we're nearly on that stage of apparently everything back to normal what's um what's the shops what's the destinations what's the what's the plan where you go what are you missing what's
1: uh well i think you know there are things like theaters and live performances and bands and stuff but you know i think it's you know it's the important things like bra fittings you know just being able to i can't wait for mine i need mine yeah i know and you know your moves are impressive i I have to say it's a good job this is audio
0: only on this podcast
1: Yeah. no there, there are things really that you just need to try on aren't there like you can't you can't you, you can't just guess some things you need to try things on you need to be to, in some places in person oh my gosh I can't wait although I have to tell you I'll be really honest with you I'm not a hugger. I yeah. Everyone's getting very excited about hugging. Yeah. I, not so much. I'm hoping to have a little t-shirt printed up which says social distancing still in place. You know, claim that <laughs> I've got medical reasons or something yeah. for, you know, some very important reason why no one can come within two metres of me. I'm, I'm wondering how I can keep that up. I've really enjoyed it. I'm only five yeah. foot tall. People hug me. All I get is armpit. <laughs>
0: That's not good, is it? That's not good. In fact, you know, no. what? We, we were saying only last night my wife and I about about the T-shirt thing, because we were they were, they had it on the news saying hugging to be allowed again. And you think how if, if this was a news story predicted two years ago, you go, what? How is this? Being, hugging's been banned for the what? That's weird. And um, but we were saying that one of our pet peeves is um, and it's like the rest of it is lovely. But the peace at church is, um, you know, we at our church, everyone goes around and shakes hands. And there's a lot of handshaking, and by the last hat, you're just going, "This is meant to be a good thing." And <laughs> I needed to bring the isogel just to, you know, it's. it's n- and and I, I I I'm really enjoying the respectful bows. I. I'm not Are a big you? fan of the elbows. I always see the politicians on the news doing the elbows. It looks a bit weird. But um, I've
1: done a bit of bum rubbing, which has been
0: bum rubbing. Wow. Yeah. Is that like brass rubbing, but um
1: yeah. I mean okay. I mean with people I know fairly well. It's not like it's not strangers, there's a yeah. consent issue there. But so yeah. it's kind of people who I I I know fairly well. It's just like just give a bit of a hip bump. Do you nice. know what I mean? But oh yeah, okay, yeah. But but yeah, it's um it's yeah, yeah I, but I'm not a hugger, Paul. So yeah. I'm like, no, as long as possible, just keep it, keep it at a distance. Mm don't want your armpit
0: no fair enough yeah yeah i i think i don't mind i think the ha- the handshakes I, I could do without a handshake i'm not a big f- well and blowing out candles on birthday cakes i think that can that can stay in pre-2020 days i'm not you know let's just waft a bit of paper because i've been at birthday parties when they do you want a bit of the cake and i think i can see a lot of spittle on that you know
1: you know now that you've raised that i don't think i can ever go back
0: yeah there's certain that- things in there
1: but yeah, I think that you've just, that's insightful. That's got to
0: stop now. Oh, I will say one of the places I'm missing is, is, is the harvest. I used to love a harvester, big fan of the harvesters <laughs> on the road. You
1: are classy.
0: I'm classy. I used to, you know, you leave early for a gig, go and find a harvester. And then the, the buffet, the salad cart, I used to love that. And for years, my wife was saying, not very healthy, you know, all the way they share stuff. And I don't think I'll be able to look at a salad cart in the same way again now, I think, since all this, you know, I'll be thinking of those descriptions on the news of where the particles are going to go between the, the breathing of the customer on the tomatoes and all that
1: i mean yeah and there's all those things you never really thought about before mm. you know it's kind of that i never been you kind of don't think about people breathing on things do you it's not, not really. something it's but we what we do now we've become those people but i don't know will it will we will it just like will it be a memory in a year's time i don't i don't know whether it will i don't time know time will tell time will, time tell. will tell indeed
0: well bless you thank you for joining us and uh and godspeed god uh, godspeed to your pen as well i hope that uh, you continue uh, have you got another book lined up We've, do we, is there one brewing away in the uh, i actually the am mind? supposed
1: to have finished one by the summer which is hilarious since i haven't actually finished writing the title yet so um good sign <laughs> might get going on that thank you okay.
0: Watching this space fair enough very good yeah uh well your book let me let me tell it one. your books um are uh, irrepressible 12 principles for a courageous resilient and fulfilling life digging for diamonds well you've not even talked about digging for diamonds have we as well but that's um, there as well for people who want the full works of kathy madavan yeah I have a
1: little google on my website there's Absolutely. some info on there
0: Ah, there is. Kathy has all you need to know. Do hire her for your speaking needs. Motivational speaking is what she does. Is that a term we use nowadays? I don't know, but that is exactly what she does. I think because of Mr. Motivator, we think of it as a very different thing. But Kathy is a fantastic speaker and great with businesses and groups and clients. So do look into hiring her if you need a bit of that in your life. Her books include Digging for Diamonds and Irrepressible, and they are highly recommended. Thank you for listening. Do stay subscribed. More fantastic guests coming up here on Catching Up with Paul Carenza on this, a Paul Carenza podcast channel. Do go back and explore our previous podcasts, including The Heptagon Club and Comedians with Books. And, of course, I have another podcast called The British Broadcasting Century, telling the origin story of the BBC. Take care. Be well. Godspeed. And
1: goodbye.